हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट एट इन डेवलपमेंट प्लानिंग नेचर एंड स्कोप एंड वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग अवर टॉपिक एनवायरमेंटल प्रोटेक्शन एनवायरमेंट मैनेजमेंट एंड प्रोटेक्शन स्ट्रेटजी एड्रेसिस द क्रिटिकल एनवायरमेंटल प्रॉब्लम्स व्हिच मेनली कंसर्न्स प्रिजर्वेशन ऑफ लेक्स एंड वाटर बॉडीज water quality and land use management in catchment areas the other environmental issues relate to the disposal and treatment of urban waste and it is recycling and the socio economic problems caused by the displacement of population in the context of the future city spread environment management of lakes and water bodies are vulnerable to urban pressure in its close vicinity it is essential to enforce land use control measures in the catchment areas to prevent further environmental degradation and thereby achieve desired level of sustainability the sustained efforts are needed for plan implementation to improve the quality of city life hence an effective plan implementation strategy needs to be evolved to achieve the following objectives as articulated by tiwari protect natural environment conservation of areas of cultural heritage optimize land use and land utilization provide services and infrastructure and participatory approach for supply of land and infrastructure development a recent world bank study indicates that the empowering communities with rights over forest could result in tangible gains for both As per the study the area presently under the joint forest management JFM alone a simple analysis shows that the total forest income from commercial timber bamboo and non timber products on improved forest could rise from an estimated 222 US dollar million US dollar in 2004 to approximately 2 billion US dollar per annum in 2020 in this dispensation the state functions as a facilitator in that the activities of the state forest department are limited to core business functions such as technical advisory services delivery facilitation of the partnerships with communities and the private sectors and forest monitoring the community shares the benefits of forest resources with the state and some limited rights of management there are at present 5000 village communities operating across 27 states this is significant considering forestry is the second largest land use in india 
after agriculture covering about 64,130 square kilometer or 22% of the total land base roughly 275 million poor rural people in India 27% of the total population depend on forest for at least part of their subsistence and cash livelihoods. Such community-based approaches epitomize the reinventing government paradigm that is forming public administration system around the world. Environment protection offers tremendous employment opportunities along with the primary goal of environment protection through community-based approaches. The same can now be affected through institutions of local self-government. As discussed earlier, environment protection would open employment opportunities which would serve the twin objectives of environment protection and sustainable development. Now let us discuss the disaster management. Disaster management has up till now not been dealt with as a non-plan subject. However, there have been the number of planned schemes in operation such as afforestation, drinking water etc. that deal with the disaster management. Hence, a plan component in disaster management financing already exists. The effort would now be stressed further on disaster management efforts in the mainstream planning. This comes following realization of the devastating economic impact of disasters besides loss of lives. Recently, disasters have struck the Indian landscape and increasing ferocity such as Odisha cyclone, the Gujarat earthquake floods in 2001, droughts which are almost periodic now which have negated development considerably. Among long-term impacts of the disasters is the credit worthiness of a state which makes it fall into the stalemate for a long time after a dis disaster. Researches suggest that disaster loses are a result of vulnerability that build up over time, hence are a mainstream development issues. These are variously physical and socio-economic in nature. The implication is that planned vulnerability reduction has to be undertaken to reduce the disaster losses over time. This could be a long drawn out process or procedure which requires sustained commitment on the part of the governments by way of planned funds. However, the same is difficult as disasters are unpredictable or inconsistent phenomena 
for which consistent budgetary allocation is a difficult policy choice to affect. However, plan commitment is unavoidable since vulnerability reduction is a development effort. In that, it basically involves dealing with the regular development concerns like poverty reduction, employment provision to build resilience in communities. What is new now is the realization that a disaster management perspective to development planning had been hitherto lacking in that provision like land use planning has lacked the perspective of flood control or earthquake vulnerability or need for earthquake resistance infrastructure. Safeguarding critical technical and legal provision for the same perhaps the scrutiny perspective guided such a loca location decisions. More than disaster management, with awareness of disaster management, such perspectives would increasingly inform development planning. Now let us conclude the unit. Paradigm shift are in order. In planning, the emphasis would shift from top-down to multi-level planning. Multi-level planning is expected to improve the position with regard to the constraints in policy formulation and increase the efficiency of resource use in economic sectors. It would lead to better interest in articulation with regard to local development needs and better intersector linkages and coordination in planning and implementation respectively at the local level. As Professor Dantewala observes, both the scope and content of planning shrinks at each successive level, but this argument we are considering only the residuary development functions at the local levels. This is not meant as a criticism, rather a statement of fact, as devolution of functions and responsibilities have to be in keeping with the local resources and technical expertise of staff. However, development planning has to be both institutional and functional. In that institutional prerequisites have to be ensured first for functional devolution to succeed. Hence, a district planning committee has been provided for. It would comprise of members. There has been increasing recognition of the need for public policy re reform by way of delegation of authority and responsibility to lower levels. Rationalization of laws procedural simplicity to reduce monopoly control of local administrative officials over administrative processes which create opportunities or instances of corruption and give impetus to empowerment of people and civil society to provide for 
transparent administration. Hence, the emphasis is on removing processional constraints in good governance, which means the emphasis is on procedural reforms rather than only the quantum of investment, which had been the emphasis up till now. The Planning Commission would provide more technical support to states in various facets of plan implementation by way of suggestions for policy responses in the changed macro paradigm of globalization and market-based economy and provide assistance in research and development in different areas of development administration particularly project formulation for crafting better investment proposals to attract foreign capital and better overall credit worthiness of states which comes from better implementation track record. The ultimate objective of all these measures is good governance. Now let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the unit. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.